It's almost Holy Week and this has definitely been a Lent to remember. Every year I struggle to figure out what to give up and usually I end up with some dumb thing like dessert or alcohol. This year it was decided for me. Drive less, work less, be distracted less, spend more time at home and, oh yes, don't go to Mass. A few years ago, I suggested that we could consider giving up the Eucharist as an act of solidarity with all those who can never receive, not because of sin, but because the Eucharist is simply not available to them. And I got a lot of criticism for saying that. Well, here we are. And we can be angry about it, or we can embrace it like Jesus embraced the cross when everything was taken from him too. So, this has been quite a Lent. I understand that there is also less crime and there's less pollution. I also know that there are less donations, especially to parishes who rely on passing the basket every Sunday. Even if they have a system for direct deposit or online donations, Catholics are not quite yet on that mode to donate to their parish remotely. So this Holy Week, I ask you, I beg you, send in a small donation to your parish. Many are not just closed, but they've had to lay off their staff. Please drop off a check or see if you can send in a donation online. Churches may be closed, but priests are busier than ever doing their best to continue ministering to you during these hard times. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. And here I am again, all by myself. I can't believe that it's already Palm Sunday. It's, it's almost Holy Week and this has been a very different and special Lent. It's lonely here in the studio. But we're encouraged by all your comments and messages telling us um, how you guys are doing, you know, telling us also how much you appreciate what we're doing. Um, I know that many of you are stuck at home, many aren't working, and uh, that's also hard. And so you rely on good Catholic media to help you um, deepen your prayer life, to, to make sense of what's going on. Um, uh, I pray, I, I pray for all of you that have been laid off um, and uh, who've had to maybe close your small business. Um, to me, that's the worst part of this crisis. Um, why don't you write to us? Tell us how you're doing. Did you have to close your workplace? Are you able to work from home? How are you handling homeschooling your kids? Um, after last week's show, I got a comment from Patricia in Sudbury, Ontario. And uh, she writes, I work for a private alarm monitoring station, which also transfers 911 calls and dispatch small community fire departments. What's different is the workplace attempting to spread us out in the dispatch room to follow the two-meter rule of social distancing. My biggest concern is for some of my colleagues who don't feel that this is an issue. I share a home with my 73-year-old mother, and concerns of being a carrier for the virus is very much on top of my mind. Um, I hear what you're saying, uh, Patricia. I think a lot of people are concerned about that. They live with an elderly parent or they're elderly themselves. Um, but it's good that you're able to work. Um, although that was a week ago that you wrote that. I wonder if things have changed in your workplace. Um, maybe they can figure out a way for you to work from home um, and you can take the calls at home. Um, things are changing so quickly and now um, they're even saying that we're going to be like this until at least July. 
Um, and we're sort of in the same boat here at Salt and Light Media. Today is the last day that I'm going to be in the studio recording. Starting next week, I'll be recording this show from home. Um, and in a way that will give us new opportunities because we'll be doing all the interviews as video calls. Um, and, uh, and it occurs to me that we um, should have a special program where we feature you because it'll be really easy to, to get you to, to reach us. Um, why don't you write to us and tell us how you're doing with this situation? We want to hear from parents with kids who are homeschooling for the first time or veteran homeschoolers who can give us tips. Um, we want to hear from people who've had their weddings postponed or, or maybe you're in an RCIA program that has been delayed. Or, or push back. Maybe maybe you're a religious sister. How has this affected your ministry? Or we want to hear from priests who have had their parishes closed. Um, how have you adjusted uh, how you do your ministry? Um, write to us and tell us how this experience has deepened your Lenten journey this year. Um, how is this experience going to affect your Holy Week and your Easter? Write to me, pedro at saltandlighttv.org. You can send me a message on Facebook. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. Um, you can also go to our website, saltandlighttv.org. Click on the podcast tab on top, and then um, on the left side of the page, you're going to see a little uh, voice message tool on the left side of the screen. And you can just click on it and record your message so we can have your audio and then we can play you on the air. So saltandlighttv.org, go to the podcast link on top of the page and then uh, on the podcast page, see the little uh, send a voice message tool on the left side of the screen. Um, and uh, when you do, tell us how you're doing. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some of you on the program um, so you can tell us how you're doing with this pandemic. Anyway, on the show today, um, by now you probably have heard that the Vatican Holy Week liturgies have uh, been greatly affected. And so today we're going to go to Rome and see Matteo, who's going to join us with more details of all the Vatican Holy Week liturgies. Um, and of course, you're going to be able to watch all the Vatican Holy Week and Easter liturgies on Salt and Light uh, TV, saltandlighttv.org. After that, Mark Matthews will join us on the phone to tell us um, something that uh, he has learned about pandemics, something good about pandemics. I'm not sure if there's a Hollywood connection there or not, but we're going to find out. That's in about 15 minutes right after our news. And then Billy's going to be here. Actually, Billy's not going to be here. Billy pre-recorded his segment uh, with another question about confession, about doing your penance uh, after confession. That's uh, Church for Dummies in about 20 minutes. And then in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Father James Phelan of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Surely you've heard the phrase, the family that prays together stays together. That's the phrase that is attributed to Father Patrick Payton, who's the founder of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Now there's a museum that is dedicated to family prayer and Father Jim Phelan is the new director and he's going to be here in about 30 minutes to tell us all about it. Um, it has never been a better time for family prayer so you don't want to miss that conversation. Um, and at the end of the show, we're going to be joined by Marie Miller. You might remember Marie. She's been on the program a few times. She has a new album called Little Dreams. We teased it a few months ago. Um, and now the album is out, and so Marie is going to return to tell us a little more, um, and we get to play more songs from the album, so that's always good. Remember that if you won't be able to listen to the full show live, remember to go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, so you can listen to the rest of the show. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So sit back, relax. Um, let's start with a song. Here's Marie Miller with Butterfly Collector from her new album, Little Dreams. 
That was Marie Miller with Butterfly Collector from her new album, Little Dreams. And we're going to be speaking with Marie Miller in about 40 minutes. But first, back to Rome. Here's Matteo with our news. Matteo, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Pedro. Yeah, Thanks staying. For me on. You're, you're doing well, enjoying being at home? Uh, well, I, I, would, I wouldn't say something like that, but, you know, I'm doing well because I'm fine. I'm okay. 
uh, and that's something very important in this period. You're healthy. Um, exactly. Uh, the whole the whole world tuned in to TV, internet, radio last Friday night. There was quite an an an, an impressive event. Uh, tell me about that with the Pope. Well, I think that we still have on our minds Pope Francis presiding last Friday that extraordinary moment of prayer yes. on the parvis, on the Sagrado of St. Peter Basilica in front of an empty square. Yeah. And it was something unique. Mm -hmm. uh, such powerful, a strong moment that I'm sure that we will never forget. And and I was impressed of the fact that a lot of people, you know, they usually uh, they are not much interested in the Pope or what he is doing, uh, also on the social media, Twitter, Facebook. You know, a lot of people were posting pictures mm. of the Pope, you know, walking alone on St. Peter Square yes. and presiding this um, celebration by himself. For sure, all the people were impressed, and uh, and I think it's normal, you know. Yes. And, and the message was really, really strong, also in what he said in uh, his homily. Mm -hmm, about the storm, yes, the calm. Jesus calming, sleeping exactly. through the storm, yes. Um, exactly, but in the meantime, the Holy See confirmed that all the Holy Week celebration will be held at the Vatican, okay. but without the people. Okay, so uh, that, yeah? Yes, the, I would say that the most interesting things is about the way of the cross mm -hmm. on Friday, because he will be on the Sagrado of St. Peter Basilica instead at the Colosseum as usual. So this is probably uh, the most important thing that we should underline because uh, according to the schedule, it's something totally different than usual. Right. Uh, at the same time, the Holy Secret's Office also confirmed six people at Vatican tested positive for the coronavirus. Okay. But in addition to this number, we have to include Cardinal De Donatis, mm -hmm. who is the Vicar General of Pope Francis for the uh, Diocese of Rome. Okay, but, the Vicar, the Vicar General, yeah. Huh? Exactly, but fortunately, uh, he's fine. He's at the hospital. He was not feeling very good, but nothing so, uh, you know, problematic. So that we have to think about. Uh, uh, paying too much attention in terms of how he's feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that he's okay. He said that he's going to pray all this time. Good. But, you know, yes. you don't have to be worried for what he said. Okay. Uh, regarding the lockdown, uh, we can say that I'm talking for sure about the lockdown in Italy and at the same time at the Vatican. Yes. Uh, it has been extended for other 10 days until April 13th. Mm -hmm. It means that we will be spending Easter at home, so no family reunion, no people around traveling, and that's something that will be for sure very unusual, in particular according to the Italian tradition, you know, mm -hmm. together like uh, like a Christmas time. Basically. I know it, it would be hard, especially for for it's such a society that is that where family is so important. You, Matteo, you you recently got married. You live with your wife. What plans do you have for Easter? I think that we will be at home like in the last uh, 25 days, basically. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's something that yeah. we have to face. And unfortunately, we cannot share you, that day with your such family. Such an important day with the family. And so, yes. unfortunately, it will be uh, basically a normal day, you know, uh, with the spirit in your heart. It's 
something different, but in terms of what you are going to do during the day, probably it will be exactly the same like uh, right. you know, the week before or two weeks before. Right. And I think for people who, at least people here in North America that, that look forward to watching the Pope's liturgies during Holy Week and Easter, it'll be the same. We will still air them. You'll still be able to watch them. The only difference is that there will, I mean, maybe they'll be a little shorter. Some things will be a, a little different in terms of the liturgy. But the Pope is still going to be celebrating Palm Sunday. He's still going to be celebrating, uh, as you said, the, the Way of the Cross, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil. All that is the same, exactly. Would he be doing Holy Thursday, Matteo? I mean, obviously, he's not going to be going to a, to a prison or, a, or as he's done in previous years. Will he be doing a regular Holy Thursday liturgy um, from the Vatican as well? Yes, Everything yeah, is confirmed. So everything is confirmed. Uh, in terms of celebrations, yeah, and for sure, all the people around the world will be able to watch uh, exactly uh, the Pope celebration uh, through Vatican Media and Vatican News and Salt and Light uh, Television. Yes, at, at Salt and Light Television. <laughs> of course. For sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. So we'll, we're going to post that schedule on on our website, uh, so people know that they can watch it uh, if they're outside our, our our cable area. You can also watch it on our website, saltandlighttv.org. Uh, live uh, when it airs. Um, uh, thank you, Matteo. Um, I'm going to let you go, but uh, stay safe, stay uh, stay in prayer. Um, happy Happy Holy Week, Happy Easter. I probably won't speak to you next week, but I know it's going to be a, a little different than usual. But it'll still be Easter. For sure, that's the most important thing. It's always a time that we have to think about, you know, with our heart and with our mind focusing on, uh, you know, on Jesus. And Amen. So, thanks a lot. Thank you, Matteo. Matteo Cioffi is our Salt and Light Vatican correspondent. You can watch his program, Vaticano 360, and follow him at Matteo Cioffi. Coming up is our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, with What's Good in Hollywood, so don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Lorraine Hess, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Do you want to contact us? Email radio at saltandlighttv.org or just look for me, Deacon Pedro, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can send us a direct voice message right off our webpage, saltandlighttv.org slash podcast slash hour. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Pleasure to be here, virtually, as usual. Socially isolated, are you? Yes. Very socially isolated. Yeah, I've been working from home. This is my fourth week now. Oh, wow. But I guess in, in your line of work, that, that's totally doable and possible, and, I, and I'm sure your employer gives you all the appropriate tools? They, they, they certainly do. Um, it still doesn't make it any easier. I, I, I joke that I'm going a little stir-crazy and nutty. So. Which is why you've become an expert in pandemics? Is that, yes, is that you're yes, doing in your spare I, time? I, yeah. So uh, I kind of I, I dug up some of this interesting history that uh, so about how pandemics have changed the world and not always for the worse. Uh, really? Pandemics have actually, yeah, they've brought about some really interesting changes. Okay. Um, and what, one of the examples that I, that I always like to quote is that um, the Black Death, which was happened roughly in 1350, was devastating. It wiped out 
between, they say, one-third and two-thirds of the population. Mm-hmm. But what happened is that the remaining workers, the remaining labor, became very valuable, and it gave them far more bargaining rights, and it was one of the major contributing factors to the downfall of the feudal system. Hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, isn't that kind of neat? Yeah, so, it is. You know, and, you know, and of course, you know, history is filled with examples of, you know, bad, you know, you know, results from plagues, like mm-hmm. the plague of Cyprian, uh, hmm. the third century AD, uh, brought about severe manpower shortages, impacting food production in the Roman Empire, and basically it, it weakened the Roman Empire permanently. It was never able to recover to its previous levels of, of economic activity. Okay. Or the Haitian Revolution, which you might know about, oh. um, this te- yeah. technically wasn't a pandemic, but they suffered from epidemics of yellow fever. And so the Haitian Revolution, they were trying to get their freedom from slavery, um, and they rebelled. And so Napoleon said, hey, I'm going to send my army in, and we're going to crush these, you know, rebels. Well, the local Haitians had immunity to yellow fever, and Napoleon's army didn't. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they suffered horribly. I think they say numbers as much as only one-third of Napoleon's army returned. Really? Yeah, so they just gave up. They're like, those Haitians, let them run free. Huh. And so, yeah, it helped them out. Wow, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you said that you said, you, sorry, you said that they, there were some Catholic connections here. Oh, yes, sorry, not just all these. So one of the great <laughs> examples of a, of a Catholic saint uh, is St. Charles Borromeo. Um, so after the plague struck in, you know, the 1350s, there were recurring plagues throughout Europe all the time. So... Uh, during the 1576 plague uh, in Milan, mm-hmm. uh, he was the then archbishop, and he, he basically he risked his life by going into homes infested with plague to care for the poor and the sick. Hmm. Um, and he's basically just hi- very highly regarded just for this one thing alone. Mm-hmm. You know, in addition to selling all of his wealth to to you know feed the poor and whatnot. Right. Um, the plague also brought about some really interesting artistic movements and sort of artistic themes. Uh, and the, the two that you, you see really coming out of the plague uh, is the Danse Macabre, oh, yeah. which is imagery I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen. Yes. But it's called the Dance of Death. Yes. And it's basically uh, an image of, a, of usually a skeleton holding hands and de- sort of death personified, just leading people off in the, in the prime of their life. And it's kind of this reflection that, you know, death can strike you at, at any time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a very natural response when you think, wow, you know, one-third to two-thirds of all the people, you know, died, you know, in Europe at that time. Yeah. And then the other sort of very closely related movement is the Vanitas genre of art. And you'll, you'll see these, too. They're, they're still-life paintings, and they typically got a or an hourglass or an extinguished candle, typically a mirror, uh, and it comes from, you know, ecclesiastic of vanities. All things are vanity. Basically, all things are. And so, you know, during time, these are kind of two very good, you know, things to think on and meditate on, and that is, you know, hey, death could strike us at any time, Mm -hmm. Um, and that how, how many things in our life are just vanity? How many of them meaning in light of death. Interesting. So, so you might think this is a little macabre of me to say this, but to the Christian, death is 
part of life. It's just a transition. Right. It's not an ultimate end. Right. So. Right. Exactly. I know. It's it's hard because um, it's still yeah. sad and not that we want, we embrace the macabre or death, um, but it's never a, a bad idea to uh, keep yeah. death in mind. Thank you, Mark. Um, this is good. Not what I was expecting uh, from from Hollywood, but uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, we're going to get to talk to you next week for our Easter show, so uh, uh, have a good week. I, I, will, I will be talking more about the technical angle. Okay, the good. More modern uh, aspects of the coronavirus. Absolutely. Thank you very much for this. Uh, keep uh, Stay safe and stay sane, um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks. There you have it. What's good in Hollywood about pandemics with Mark Matthews, your undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him at HU Missionary. Coming up, a question about doing your penance after confession in Church for Dummies. So stay tuned. I'm Lee Ressler. Thank you so much for listening. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can listen to the Salt and Light Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Just subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Okay, question about confession, confession, Okay, confession another confession business. question. Yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of people asking me, I do not know how to answer. Maybe I didn't read the catechism, but... <laughs> but the question is this. Um, what? After we do confession, you know, the yeah. priest will always give us a penance to do. Yes. So what if we did not do it? Or what if we uh, uh, postponed it, like, you know, a week, two weeks, or, you know, what? Yeah, will we still get absolution, or will, we okay. be the, will, will the confession not valid? Okay, so I'm going to say that you, you, even if you don't do your penance, you, the confession, your, your sins are still absolved. Oh, okay. However... And, and there's always the however, and, and, and I was going <laughs> to say it depends, because you love how I always say that it depends. Uh-huh. Um, for, so for, for the sacrament of reconciliation to be valid, mm-hmm. you have to do it in person, as we mm-hmm. talked last week. Yeah. Um, physically Yes, present. physically present. Okay. You have to confess all your grave sins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not all your sins, all your mortal sins, your grave sins. Okay. As much as you can remember, if you forget some, that's fine. You forgot. Okay. You have to be truly repentant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to be sorry. Tru- truly sorry. Tru- truly sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to do the penance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are the three the three things. If you don't do the penance because you forgot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is why I would say just sit in the pew and do it right away if you can. But if it's something that's a little more complicated, sometimes priests will give you something that's a little more complicated. It's like, yeah, like go home, and when your <laughs> wife gets home, make sure that you, you know, whatever, you know, love her like God loves her or whatever. Whatever that, you know, sometimes you get something a little more. Yeah. And, and maybe you can't figure it out or you're not quite sure exactly how to do it or you have to go visit the sick or something, right? Um, th- that's still fine. Your sins are still forgiven. Um, I would say go and do that penance as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, if you forgot, as soon as you remember, try to do it, okay? Um, and, and since you said that maybe you hadn't read the catechism, this actually is in the catechism, <laughs> okay? Catechism 1459 for people if they want to find it, okay? The catechism states that absolution takes away sin, but it does not remedy all the disorders sin has caused, mm, okay? Of course. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 
once we have been raised from sin, the sinner must still recover his full spiritual health by doing something more to make amends for the sin. Okay, that means to make satisfaction or expi expiate his sin. That's what the penance is. Oh, So okay. in order to completely recover from this sin, your sins are forgiven, but then you also have to do the penance so that you can recover your full spiritual health. So you do something. Now, ideally, you would be doing something that would actually counteract the sin. So if you stole something, you should return it. Sometimes that's not possible, right? So the priest will say, okay, exactly. you know, go say three Hail Marys. And I'm the kind of people, the person that will say three, that's like nothing. You mm -hmm. know, the priest tells you do, do pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet three times and people complain that it's too much. Say the rosary. Oh my gosh, Father, I can't <laughs> say the rosary. It's 20 minutes of my day. You know what? Do the penance. Okay, that's nothing compared to the real penance that you should be doing, which is returning what you stole or, or stop doing the behavior that you shouldn't be doing anyway. So, mm. so, so um, does that answer your question? So basically, um, from what I understand from you is uh, uh, the penance is important. Yes. But the thing is, you know, the, the, the reason behind is we need to do something to recover. Yes. Okay. It's not about, you know, you, 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 we forget, uh, God forgot for forgive you. Yes. And you yes. don't need to do anything. You need, you just need to do something. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's. Which, which is what I would say. I mean, if you tell me, um, you know, like if, if you were, did something to me to injure Deacon Pedro, mm -hmm. um, in order to fully recover your spiritual health, you should apologize. Yes. Of that's, course. Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing. So that's not a penance. Mm. That is just making amends for the just sin. Just a payback. It's a payback, right? It's a payback. So, um, it, sometimes that can't be done. So then the church says, "Well, if you can't do that, then you know what? Do this. Mm. Say the Hail Mary, pray the Rosary, or, or whatever else, just so that we're doing something. If you forgot, you're not able to do it right away. Do it as soon as you can, or as soon as you remember." And that should be fine. That's great. Um, but your sins are still forgiven. If you don't, sorry, I was just going to say one more thing that I thought. And I'll have to check this because I have read that your if it's a mortal sin, your sins are forgiven. But if you don't do the penance, that actually is another mortal sin. I'll have to check on that. Maybe some of our listeners know and they can tell us, um, especially if you're a priest. That would be uh, good. Let me know. Um, but as far as I know, uh, your sins are forgiven and you should just do the penance as soon as you can. Thank you. You're welcome, Billy. Good news. <laughs> Billy Chan. Yeah, good news. Billy Chan, the webmaster here at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, a museum of family prayer and a featured chat with Marie Miller. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Imagine a museum that aims to help inspire you and help you explore and also to help you make connections. Well, that sounds just like any other museum. But what if I told you that the goals were to inspire you to pray, to explore and learn more about prayer, and to help you connect and reconnect with your family, your faith, and your prayer life? That's the new Museum of Family Prayer just outside Boston, Massachusetts. It's run by Holy Cross Family Ministries, an organization that is dedicated to, guess what, to promote family prayer and helping families to pray. And the museum's director is Father Jim Phelan, um, and he joins us now on the phone from Northeastern Massachusetts. Uh, Father Jim, so good to have you on the program. 
Deacon Pedro, great to talk and great to be in communication with all your listeners. Thank you. Um, you're not a stranger to, to our programming here at Salt and Light Media. You've done a few uh, shows with us before when yeah, you were yeah. when you were the Rosary Guy, the Family Rosary International. Um, well, but you've started this new. Yeah, I've been working in this ministry for uh, for a good long while. Yeah. First, uh, you and I first started working together for uh, a long uh, yeah. projects between Family Rosary and Salt and Light uh, for World Youth Day in 2011. A long time ago, I know. And so yeah. you, you've been around for a long time. But this is a new role for you. How did you? Um, yes. Now I'm the now I'm the director of Family Rosary for the USA, national director of Family Rosary for the USA. Okay. And and so. Uh, do you, can you tell us a little bit about how the idea for this museum came about? Well, uh, we felt we help families pray. We want to really find out how to help families pray, particularly following in the footsteps of our founder, Venerable Father Patrick Payton. His mission, his whole life was this deep, deep uh, uh, commitment to what Our Lady asked him to do. He really knew that Our Lady was asking him to to help families to pray and to pray the rosary. Right. He was so convinced, as we should be now even more so, convinced of the importance of prayer, of family prayer, and the rosary is, uh, there's nothing better than the rosary, and particularly the rosary as a school of prayer, Mary's school of prayer to help families to pray. Right. So that's our mission. Right. I and was... as we thinking about how to do that, here at our, uh, our our headquarters mm-hmm. in uh, just south of Boston, uh, yep. we had a space that uh, was being used, but it wasn't being time to rethink of how to use it. And we 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 had this wonderful idea to create a space that we calling the Museum of Family Prayer. It's actually a long evolution. Uh, it's actually an evolution of ideas that uh, you'll remember, Deacon Pedro, that we. We started working together in World World Youth Day. We mm-hmm. had a rosary a rosary center that we're working on together there in, in, right. in 2011. This is all an evolution to find a, a, a really creative and a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope that uh, once the COVID virus restrictions are lifted, then some of people could even come from Toronto to come. To yeah, visit, for sure. Come to visit us. Um, you mentioned Father Patrick Payton, and and maybe some of our listeners uh, are not familiar who he is. But I'm sure that as soon as we tell them that you know they might be familiar with the phrase, "The family that prays together stays together." I think that that's a phrase that everybody recognizes. Yeah. So that would have been, and and Father Patrick Payton would also be known. I think was it is it true that they call him the Rosary Priest, but they also call him the Hollywood Priest, the correct? Rosary priest. And and also yeah. the connection uh, with Hollywood, particularly the Rosary Priest. Yeah. I think he'd be much more interested in being calling the Rosary Priest. <laughs> uh, he dedicated his entire life of, uh, as a priest, uh, based on a pers- personal experience himself of being healed by healed right through the 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 intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He consecrated his entire life to this mis- message that he thought he knew that was being uh, given by the Lord to, uh, to preach to the world. Mm-hmm. Very, very effective. Traveled the entire world. Uh, and as I travel around the world, too, maybe people don't remember him specifically, but even places that he didn't reach, I say, you know what his message is. And they look at and like, what? And we know what Yes. And I say, the family that prays together stays together. Okay, and they know it, yeah. Understand. They do, and they do it. They know it, and it doesn't matter what language they know it. Um, so, so, so I get, I get how the organization, the aim is to help families pray, to promote family prayer, in particular the Rosary. But how does a museum work? Is it about the life of Patrick Payton? What displays? Like, what, what can people expect when they go to the museum? 
an experience of family prayer. That's really what we're hoping for. We're hoping to, uh, we, we've created a space to welcome families, especially anyone can come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll, We take school groups, we take other uh, different kinds of meetings and so forth. But our real hope is, is, uh, is that families will come to experience our museum. Mm-hmm. It's really unique, and it's a unique museum. I, yeah. Who's ever heard of a museum of family prayer? No. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, but, but it is, it's particularly unique. What well, many uh, museums would have a, a kind of an experiential component to it, experiential learning. Right. So that's a, that's the sense in which we give it a, a, a call it a museum. But it's a, really we want to have people come and through an experience of art and beauty, activities for children, all mm-hmm. of it well integrated here on the uh, 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 on where, where we're located is on the campus of a, uh, a small university of our congregation of Holy Cross in the south south of Boston, mm-hmm. a beautiful campus where people can go out and walk and take little visits uh, 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 to a number of different statues of the Blessed Virgin Mary that are, are around the property. Right. With this an experience. The center of the experience. First, people when when people come, we invite them into our chapel, mm-hmm. and uh, they pray a beautiful prayer for families into the Holy Family that Pope Francis Pope Francis wrote. Right. And then then they are, they're they they're led through the museum, which is a beautiful space. After the chapel, they come out and they're uh, in the foyer of the space that has this beautiful, very touching collage of prayer all around the world. And from there, then we'll move to a, a, a bit of an introduction to prayer uh, among the Jewish people in the Old mm-hmm. Testament Wonderful. and how those are antecedents for then Christian prayer and getting a sense of context of of what prayer is, Christian prayer, praying the Psalms, listening. It's a, uh, filled with multimedia uh, experiences mm-hmm. people walk through. Also then in the context, immersing people in the, in the life in the context of Father Peyton, mm-hmm. the work he did, his message, his mission. The importance of his message now more than ever. We want to help them to to come to to simply come to the Lord with an open heart because he's waiting certainly with his his sacred heart and his huge arms uh, uh, waiting to embrace us. And there, our mother Mary Lee taking us by the hand. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's sorry to interrupt. It's true what you're saying. And and I have been to the museum. I'm going to post some photos on our website so people can see a little bit. And of course, I'm going to direct people to your website so they can see it as well. Um, it, it's an it's an experience so people can learn a little bit about prayer. A lot of people don't know how to pray, or they feel they don't know how to pray. But it's also to encourage them to pray. And I and I think that once people go and they go through it, they'll they'll understand a little better. Um, I, I, I you mentioned that the museum is closed right now, obviously because of the the crisis situation that we all find ourselves. But uh, we keep saying that it's south of Boston, so it's it's in in northeastern on the campus of Stonehill College, right? Northeastern Massachusetts. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So if anybody's ever and if that's people do a search on Google, I think they'll come up with it pretty quickly because there aren't too many museums of family prayer. No, the there aren't. So okay. if anybody's in that area or traveling in the East Coast or yeah, um, and they wanted to to make a little stop, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, as you say. People can't come to the museum; the museum's going to them. Absolutely. So uh, our website uh, again, look for the search for the Museum of Family Prayer. If yeah. you go to Facebook, you'll look for the Museum of Family Prayer. Uh, we're trying to reach out through those through those sites and also through our family rosary site. 
Yes. And another another organization is just part of our family, Catholic Mom. Right. Reaching out to offer lots of resources to people. Yeah. But particularly the Museum of Family Prayer, people can go and, and get a sense of what it's like. And pray with us. Every day we're praying the rosary and celebrating Mass from our chapel. Uh, knowing that people can't go to Mass, mm-hmm. we're celebrating Mass, and, and, and people can join us and pray with us live every day at, at 11.30 Eastern Time, uh, uh, okay. or, or then go back and, uh, on Facebook Live and yeah. pray again with us throughout the day. So, all, so these, there's lots all going wonderful on. Wonderful ways that we're reaching out. I know, that's great. That's a good way to put it. People can't go there, and, and maybe some people never will be able to go because they live across the country, but they, they can still experience right. uh, what the op- museum and the whole, as you said, the whole organization, uh, Holy Cross Family Ministries offers. Father Jim, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us a little bit about this uh, thank new you, experience. Pedro. Goodbye, and God bless all your people. And we're all united in prayer at this this time that is it's so difficult for so many people, but united, we're strong in Jesus. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, stay, uh, stay, stay safe and take care and God bless and we'll see you soon. God bless you. Father Jim Phelan is the director of the New Museum of Family Prayer located about an hour out of Boston in northeastern Massachusetts. You can learn more at museumoffamilyprayer.org. And during this time of self-isolation, you can find tons of prayer resources also at familyrosary.org. To listen to this interview again or for the rest of the program, go to our, our website, saltandlighttv.org, or look for the Salt and Light Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Here now is Marie Miller with Brave New Step from her new album, Little Dreams. Oh, 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 oh. Paralyzing fear keeps me standing. The ground I know is no longer safe And I can feel the shake in this foundation Telling me that I just can't stay I can't stay here I don't have the answers I wish that I had At the end of these questions one brave new step And I don't have tomorrow Just one more deep breath At the end of my sorrow It's one brave new step
That was Marie Miller with Brave New Step from her new album, Little Dreams. We spoke to Marie Miller very recently, about five months ago. She had been working on a new album, and uh, she allowed us to play a few songs as a teaser. The new album is called Little Dreams. It's the one we've been listening to. And this is Marie's second independent album after the success of Letterbox four years ago. Um, and as you can tell from what we've been listening, Marie Miller's music is a beautiful blend of folk, pop, country. I love the mandolin. And uh, I'm very excited about this new album. And so to tell us more, we're now joined on the phone by Marie Miller. Um, Marie, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you. It's so great to be back. I know, I know. Um, so uh, you told us last time, um, but for those who maybe missed it, why Little Dreams? What's what's the theme of this album? Yeah, so my idea was that oftentimes when I was working um, and on my on my on, you know on my music, I would think about quantity of people that heard it, and okay, I you know I wanted the whole world to hear this music, right? And um, what I realized is that really my interactions with with someone, it was just one person, like performing, and if it touched them and moved them, that it was extremely important and, and valuable. And I think sometimes we can see our our dreams and our joys and our passions as not being enough unless they are like radically successful right. and exactly how we need them to be. But really, it's uh, just the you know the idea you know starting with Saint Therese and Mother Teresa carrying on, where it's do um, little things with great love. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody has those little dreams. They don't have to be huge for them to be important. Um, is it true that this album came out for you out of a period of doubt and fear? Because I feel, I feel like a lot of people are, are, that's what they're going through right now. So can you t- talk, tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing um, to see. I never, of course, would have dreamed uh to release this album at this time. It's kind of basically the worst possible time <laughs> to release because you can't see people and you perform can't do, for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but I, I'm amazed. But why, like, and I know that there's, there's a purpose in this because it was written in a personal time of fear and um, anxiety and not sort of like, should I continue to make music? Um, is God really calling me to this? Uh, does it even matter? You know, I had just re- left my record label and I wasn't sure what to do. Mm-hmm. And I've been carried this whole time um, by just everything, every step of the way I've been provided for. And so even though I'm kind of in a similar but different spot, just like all of the world is right now, um, wondering what's going to happen and trying to stay safe and healthy, is that, you know, maybe, you know, my my friend said to me, "Should this was made for such a time as this?" And mm-hmm. so I, I hope that it brings uh, peace and joy and courage to those who hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it will, um, because listening to it doesn't make me feel like it's coming out of a place of doubt and fear. But but I love the idea that we can hold on to our little dreams, especially in times like these. And of course, we're holding on to bigger things, which which also makes me think that you and we've talked about this before that your music doesn't scream to me, you know, Jesus Christian music, um, but it is very much rooted in your faith. And and so tell me about a little bit about that because you do consider yourself a Christian artist, but your music is, I think, is more. Can I say that it's more secular than Christian? Yeah, what I always say when people ask me, like, are you a Christian artist? Are you a Catholic artist? And I'll say I'm a 
uh, a Catholic Christian uh, and an artist. Uh, so, so even though I've been blessed to perform at so many Catholic events, mm-hmm. and I really just write music that's from my heart, and my heart is filled with, with you know, love for Jesus. Yeah. So it comes out. Yeah. And but but yeah, I said like, there's songs on this record again about love, about friendship, about family, about yeah, wanting to follow your dream, which, mm-hmm. you know, for a secular person, they're just thinking, oh, that's, I can relate to that. But maybe for yeah. someone Catholic might see it in a different way. Right, right. Um, musically, would you say that there's uh, something different about this album as well? Did you want to go kind of more acoustic for a reason? Yes, I really did. So when I was 15 and I got signed to a record label, I was playing the mandolin, I was playing bluegrass music, and mm-hmm. I kind of left that. Uh, the, you know, we definitely had some folk elements, and I'm really proud of the music we made, but it was more pop, and I wanted a return uh, to myself, uh, lyrically and musically. Mm-hmm. Who am I today? But also who I was when this all began, when the little dream began. And hmm. I just love, yeah, I just love folk music and I love playing it and so I wanted to make sure that there was just a lot stronger elements of that no, in this album. Yeah, and and there are and and you're not not only do you love doing it but you're good at it and and you sound great. Um um you said that it's difficult to to release an album during this time um because you can't I mean you can't have like a release concert but uh, you can you can do a lot of home concerts which is what some people are doing. Um, and I, I want to talk to you about what the, those challenges are for you as an artist. And, and maybe it's a plug for all our listeners to, you know, go and support Catholic artists because their events are being canceled and that's how they make a living. So um, I know you're doing home concerts or you've done some. Uh, I don't know. Are they can you call them concerts? Are you? Uh, and, but I also, I also know that you're doing music lessons. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have done virtual concerts in two now. We did a, a concert when we decided to cancel the shows kind of early on before social distancing was um, kind of universal. But I uh, decided, and it was really a hard decision because I had my band from Nashville mm-hmm. at, at uh, my house in D.C. And I just had to say, sorry, guys, um, oh, wow. we're going to do something different. And so they went home the next day and... Uh, that was that was hard. I actually had prayed to Saint Therese on, on like what I should do, and it was really crazy because my friend like brought me roses that night, uh, like dozen pink roses. Wow. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Uh, so I've been taken care of. So then I've done an album release party where I've called in guests yeah. um, that are all at home, and I am yes, like so. It's been really beautiful over the years. Uh, I've I've done some songwriting camps uh, for kids, and people will always ask like teach and I just can't because I travel too much uh-huh. um, so this is kind of a cool unique opportunity where if you are like aspiring songwriter or vocalist or guitar or mandolin player uh, you can learn um, from maybe people you never would learn from because we're generally traveling right. so we can't teach so yeah so I am teaching and all that information is on my, my uh, social media stuff but uh, okay. yeah we'll, we'll do we'll do a lot more virtual concerts uh, you know as you know over these next couple months Okay, good. So the, all that information, people can get it on your website, on your social media. Um, are you, I guess you're at home, you're with your, your parents and your siblings. Um, are you having more time to write? Are you writing already or is that not even possible now? Because it's... Mm. Um, yeah, well, I actually wrote a song 
in like an hour, and uh-huh. I really, really like it. I never can do that uh, the other day. Oh, yeah? That's the, only, <laughs> the only thing I've done, and I almost just want to like put it on just lines with this book. I could say, here's my, here's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I'm you should. Creating. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm going to get there. I think I've, I've started, the new normal has started to come to mind uh, a little bit more, but at first I was so kind of shaken by it losing so many shows and yeah. and trying to figure out what we're going to do and, and and even though we still don't know if we're going to play this summer or what's going to happen mm-hmm. it's it's i've kind of uh, digested it and just you know just know that i'm being taken care of where i think at the beginning i was just like whoa <laughs> what's going on but I'll, so i think I'll, i'm going to start writing soon yeah okay so it's not like i'm not that i'm pushing for a next album yet okay well you you can take a little breather and enjoy this one um as i am um again marie thank you for for sharing a little bit of of what you do with us today and and for this wonderful album um uh, i i know it's going to bring uh, hope to a lot of people and uh and they can uh, maybe take some lessons with you maybe maybe i should sign up i want to learn how to play the mandolin love that okay that will be so much fun anyway take care enjoy your family um and uh we'll we'll see you we'll see you on the other side sounds good you okay take care too. thank you so much and happy easter you too happy easter you can learn more about marie miller and purchase her music at her website mariemillermusic.com you can also find her as she said um on all the social media platforms that she loves and to listen uh, to this interview again or for the rest of the program you can go to saltandlighttv.org or just look for the salt and light hour wherever you get your podcasts here now to uh, take us out is marie miller with wayfaring stranger from her new album little dreams There's no sickness, no toil, no danger In that great land in which I go listening to Marie Miller with Wayfaring Stranger from her new album Little Dreams and that will take us to the end of the program this week. If you missed any part of the show go to saltandlighttv.org that's where you can find all our programs and also where you can get links to all our artists or guests. You heard from Marie, they're having a hard time all our Catholic artists because events are cancelled concerts are cancelled so go and support them. You can get all their links and all their information at our website saltandlighttv.org You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Starting next week, we're going to be recording this program from home. So from our home to yours, email us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can email me, pedro, at saltandlighttv.org. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. Um, Contact me. Tell me how you're doing during this crisis. Remember also to send in a donation to your parish. And while you're at it, consider sending a donation to Salt and Light Media. Catholic Media is more important than ever, and we cannot continue without your support. 
Go to saltandlighttv.org and see how easy it is to send a donation. Um, thank you for being with us. I hope you have an extra special Holy Week. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay in prayer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. Will gather me. I know my way is rough and steep, but beautiful fields lie just before me. As God's redeemed, their vigils keep. I'm going there to see my Savior. I'm going there.